and welcome to Cinema Spectator, a show where an expert and a casual movie fan watch movies in the cinematic canon. Today's film is Seven, directed by David Fincher, starring Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman. My name is Cameron Tuttle, and I'm joined with Isaac Ransom. Isaac, how are you doing? I forgot about the eighth deadly sin, which is starting a podcast without a drink, Cameron. I'm freaking out. I was looking left and right when you started. I was like, <laughs> I was like oh my gosh, where, where, I didn't grab anything to drink. So I feel embarrassed. But if my mouth gets too dry, I'm just going to get up. I don't even care about the audio. I'm going to hear the door open. But I think I can make it through the show without. I'm absolutely addicted to this uh, this water, like sparkling water called um, uh, Spindrift. Have you had that before? Yeah, I like spinning. We're obviously yeah. not sponsored. They're a lot bigger than uh, this show, but <laughs> we could be though. <laughs> I doubt it. I really doubt it. Uh, but no, no, no. I like. I love this thing, man. I feel like people. If you don't like Spindrift, you just got the wrong one. I'm telling you that orange one, bro. It's amazing. It's because they actually. Well, they they, they use like actual fruit juice. Right? That's what I love, man. What do you, what do you, did you yeah, want the artificial flavors? Sorry about that. No, <laughs> no, no. I yeah, I totally agree. And and. That's fine. Give me the ten calories. It's okay. Yeah. I'll I'll take a little sugar. It's fine. It's not that much. But yeah, I agree. Spindrift is really good. I don't know. Whenever I go to Safeway, because my girlfriend loves the sparkling waters, I just grab a pack of whatever's that on sale one. So I'll say if you want no, if you want to go, I have no allegiance. Highbrow, you know, glass Pellegrino, definitely. That's like that's just classy. So if you, <laughs> if you needed a tip on your sparkling water game, there you go, Cameron. How are you? It's good to be back with you. Yeah, I'm doing good. Um, I had a refreshing week in Texas. I'm a lot more dark uh, than usual, which is like maybe one half shade for, for normal people. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, uh, doing doing pretty well. I um, I was gonna I was gonna mention the fact that seven is stylized with a with a seven in the middle of the word. It was like a cool '90s thing that they were oh, doing. Yeah. You know, they they put they put numbers and letters. Um, but I just think it's hilarious because whenever I <laughs> whenever I read the word, I think seven. <laughs> so um, I I t- I attempted not to say seven. <laughs> While reading, that, I just I, that intro. <laughs> I just had to double check before we started recording because I I usually write up the episode and I don't know, Cameron. Do you think I should just write it as seven? Spell it wrong. Make make the movie people rip their hair out. <sighs> no, yeah, no, no, no. Put 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 seven. Put the put the seven in the seven. Um, do it. I, I don't think, think so. I think it's. Worth I don't. It. I th- I think this is what they have on IMDb. It's literally seven. Okay, but if you so, search on Google. <laughs> What does it come up with? That's all I'm saying, you know? You know, actually, it's S7N. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. So, well, we yeah. can definitely get Anyways. into the the 90s, um, the 90s love <laughs> about this movie in a moment, but I want to yes. know what you've been watching, yes. Cameron, because you've been gone. Oh, uh, well, I watched a movie every day while Woo! I was gone, Whoa. which was weird. It's unusual for me, for one, and I watched the worst movies that i possibly could have nice which is also very unusual for me it's what i do um yeah i know there's yeah it's anyways um these aren't my picks i'll just say (laughs) so um i watched the gray man um it was kind of garbage it wasn't very good although i did like there were a handful of things that i liked about it um really it was um kind of just mindless schlock uh which is which is fine i guess 
sometimes it can be fine. Um, but it really was, it was so mindless that I started, it started hurting me like my brain. Like I, I <laughs> because you know, these action movies, they do things and you're like, you're like, okay, like that seems like a leap, but whatever, you know, I'll just go with it. It's the plot. And then, and, but this movie did it so often and with such leaps that I, I just, I couldn't, it broke me a little I bit. I want you to um, stop. So. I want you to think about what you just said, Cameron. And we're going to come back to that topic when talking about seven that relates with this movie. So uh, audience, you heard it, you know, breaking the disbelief. <laughs> That's a big conversation for this movie that we're going to talk about. So go ahead and keep going. What else did you watch? So I also watched this movie called The Protégé, um, which has Sam Jackson in it. Um, this is just terrible. I, I just wouldn't I wouldn't I, I give it zero star, not zero stars, maybe, maybe one star. Um it's just bad. It's it's not very good. Um, and then I watched another movie called The Wrath of Man, um, which is slightly better, slightly better, but still sh- kind of stupid. Um, and then the final movie that I watched uh, that I really, really liked, this was my pick, actually. Um, I had never seen it before. It's called Crumb. Um, it's a documentary um, about Robert Crumb who is a cartoonist. Um, he's sort of an underground, uh, grungy, psychedelic 60s um, cartoonist. Um, and it's a really interesting look into sort of his dysfunctional upbringing. And yeah, there's a lot There's a lot to like about it. Um, as a documentary, I think it's so well put together and well executed. Um, it, you're kind of just hanging out with him as he like goes and sees his family and like there's you know some some bigger things going on in his life that that it's following and it's really um, it's a very intimate picture of you know who he is as a person, but it's also um, it's it has such a seedy dark side to it where it it really feels like. Um, you know, like you're pulling up carpet and, and you're, you're seeing the rot underneath. Um, and it really is beautifully, beautifully made. So, um, I would recommend Crumb. Um, it is a very, very strange and wonderful movie. So, and that, that's um, your highlight, right? Cameron, you told me you were like, I watched only one good thing and I want to talk about it. Right. So Chrome. Yeah. That, that was my highlight. Is it, yeah. is it on any, and then of course is, this, movie. is it on any streaming service at all? Uh, yeah, I think I watched it on Showtime. Um, okay. So it's not so, on a streaming service. Um, I, well, it's on, <laughs> <laughs> it's on Showtime. Okay, exactly. All right. Um, this week I watched some TV, which doesn't really matter. Um, and I rewatched Dune again with Glenn Mm. and he was not a believer in this movie. And I was like, Glenn, you're wrong. You got to watch it a second time. And my favorite thing about Dune on the second watch is how much more engrossed you become with the lore and the dialogue. You got to watch this movie with subtitles. I'm just telling you. Um, and it's, it's, it's amazing. It's a fantastic movie. Um, I love it. I know people are like, well, it's not concluded. And I'm just like, I don't, I know it should, it should matter to me that it didn't conclude, but I just, I don't care. Like, I'm just so, this is the next movie I'm so excited for. It's going to let me down. I'm sure I don't, I I haven't felt excited for a movie (laughs) in so long. Um, and on that note, 
this is random, but you're talking about the gray man. That's a Netflix exclusive, right? Yeah. I don't know why I saw this just in, in streaming news. Uh, they're doing a knives out too. And the cast is like stacked. I'm super pumped for that. I don't know why. Do you know if it's uh Ryan Johnson doing that? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it, I think it comes out this year, but I don't, I don't know if there's a, a final release date or anything. Um, but uh, is it coming straight to Netflix? Because I don't think Knives Out one, I don't think that was a Netflix exclusive, was it? I'm not sure. I'm um, not entirely. I think sure. it had an actual release. I think you're right, but I'm not sure what the whole Netflix situation and Knives Out two is about. I'm not. I, I actually don't yeah. know. Um, but I'm sure you know cinephiles are like, here we go. They're franchising another great film. You know, <laughs> <laughs> what are they gonna do after seven, eight? Oh, here we go. You know, like another terrible <laughs> Hollywood ripoff. You know, I just, um, I don't know. I, it feels like um, there's some stuff coming out soon that I'm pretty pumped about, especially with the lackluster um, summer this year. Although I think there are some standouts. It doesn't feel like there's a lot of exciting movies this year. Um, so the random, random tangents, not sure why I'm going on that. Cameron, I got to ask you, did, you know, did you not tune in for the, the epic launch of house of dragons on HBO max? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I, okay. I was busy yesterday. Um, I, uh, I was, I was too busy. Uh, playing Tony Hawk Pro Skater One, dude, to, <laughs> to tune in, bro. <laughs> All praise to why, like, no lie. I'm telling you, if you had a PlayStation Plus membership, they gave away that game, and I was like, "There's no way." You know, I'm just gonna download it. And the second you start playing it, it's like Legit, it's so much. It's fun. amazing. I don't even know why it's so good. Just let you know, freaking rage against the machine, those, dude. All those that. games were. Like those, that game is like really, really hard. Screaming, um, I'm like, I should have, I did, I, I needed the robots. I got uh, four out of five. I, I got to do it one more time. You know, um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I've been totally yeah. into that lately. So that's awesome. Um, no, no, no. I just, I heard the launch was horrific. Uh, the service crashed. Nobody could watch it. So, oh, is that true? I, I didn't know that. Um, no, I, I, I think it was it broke a record for being the highest streamed um, show in HBO history or highest streamed premiere in HBO history. I just, um, yeah, I, d- I didn't realize there was such a demand for a prequel series on Game of Thrones. I mean, they've been pushing the marketing. I don't know. You know? It's been pretty aggressive, but. I, I guess. I mean, I feel like I see l- way less um, uh, House of Dragons trailers than, um, the Lord of the Rings one. Oh, um, I see the Lord of the Rings trailers all the time, and I don't even know why. It's it's like, but it's not even out yet, right? I don't. I, I the, the Lord of the Rings of Power. No, when does that no, come out? I don't know. I'm not. Um, I'm not sure. It just. Oh, okay. It, it premieres. It premieres next week, or t- yeah, next uh, next Friday. Wow. So, um, that's why they're ramping up too. So maybe I don't know. Maybe. Um, yeah, I have, I have some interest. I heard it was, it was sort of, uh, good. People said it was like, uh, some of it was good. Um, I don't know. I, I kind of want it to, to all come out this first season or whatever, um, or however they're doing it. And, um, I'll, I'll, 
I'll watch it if it's gotten good recommendations after that. But I really I don't like waiting for TV personally. So I don't I don't like tuning in every week. I'm not a fan of that. I like to watch things, uh, you know, as they as they um, are all out in a block so that I can watch a couple episodes at a time. That's just how I prefer to do it. So I think they should do a Game of Thrones series like on a moon colony or something. Just like go completely out there. <laughs> I just go like full sci-fi. They're just like, oh yeah, trust me, it's the same. It's the same, you know, the comet. You saw that in the show. That's just related. There's an, another people on another planet. And they just do like a completely different thing, you know? I don't know. I just, it, I hate, I usually hate prequels, Cameron. Um, yeah. And it, and it just comes back to this idea of like, I know what's, like we know where this is going. And. Well, this is, this is like 200 years in the, um, you know, before everything happened. So I feel like there is, there is a room for prequels in a world like Game of Thrones where it's like, I kind of wish it was set even before that. Like, yeah. like imagine like a Knights of the Old Republic style, yeah. you know, yeah, that'd be uh, cool. prequel where it's like, it's, you know, you want something that's sort of super old world or, you know, in that is kind of different and you can have a, a different storyline, but this is, you know, that's 200 years. I feel like is long enough in some ways. Um, but they always do this, this annoying thing with the prequels where like, it'll, it'll be like, Oh yeah, it's, you know, 200 years in the past or whatever, you know? And then they have like things that will like tie into the series and you're like, it just, yeah. Fan service stuff. You know, it's just annoying. And every prequel series has a buttload of CGI. You know what I mean? The Hobbit, you know, <laughs> Star Wars. You know that this know. this is gonna just abandon all practical effects. It's just gonna be like dragons on dragons. Just you know, the castles are made of dragons. You know, it's just you know, <laughs> I don't know. I think you know this is cinema spectator. We don't talk about we don't talk about TV that much. Uh, we talk about movies, and you can support us at Patreon.com/slash/ECFSProductions. Throw a couple dollars our way. That's the show pitch. If you like the show, we appreciate it. Whether you can support, sharing it, telling friends and family, giving us a rating, all that stuff helps the show grow. I know you're waiting for our review of Seven, Cameron, and the people are waiting too. I have so much to say about this movie, but why don't you give us some context and uh, let's talk about this director. All right. So we're going to take sort of a deeper dive into... David Fincher. Um, I said a couple, uh, you know, we did Kubrick month. I said Fincher would kind of be a nice, um, a nice sort of mirror in some ways to, to Kubrick. I think he has a lot of similar impulses though. His movies are much more, um, fun, I think, and probably usually more interesting. Um, Fincher is one of my favorite, uh, modern directors who's, you know, still working and still, uh, putting out, um, work. I think he has. I think he has a movie that's coming out this year or should be. Um, so you know he's he's in kind of in the prime of his career. I would say. Um, that started in the ninety in the nineties with he actually directed Alien Three. Oh, um, which is not a very well loved movie, <laughs> and it was severely hampered by the studio, and there was lots of back and forth of that. So it's not on our list um, of things to watch. Like, I've actually never. I'd seen like it. to see it. I've never seen it. Um, but you know, it it from what I hear, it you know it has some Fincher elements to it, but uh, in a lot of ways, it's just 
um a you know kind of a neutered movie in in terms of his his vision um but seven is the follow-up to that and kind of one of the movies that that got him on the map uh it is a sort of gritty noir-ish style um uh detective thriller um that's in in a lot of ways very straightforward um a rookie and a veteran are hunting a serial killer who um kills based on uh you know sort of this religious notion of the seven deadly sins and he has this um you know this this plan that you learn um sort of his his direction of of sort of his master vision uh for for his his serial murders and um in a lot of ways it's about the relationship between um Brad Pitt's character and Morgan Freeman's character it's about their relationship to sort of a city um an unspecified city it's kind of supposed to be a um a stand in for for New York or Chicago or something like that you know it's supposed to be this sort of this uh grungy 90s city that's um full of corruption and uh, uh disgusting <laughs> debauchery happening um and you know the uh, Morgan Freeman's character the veteran um really does not want to be there he's sick of the city he's tired of it and um and Brad Pitt uh he he you know has just moved there with his wife and he's sort of trying to get his his foothold there and so is she and so there's there's a sort of tension with um you know with them and and the city and sort of what makes what makes you want to be in a place that's so um filled with uh disgustingness basically um and then in terms of the the main villain who I'm not going to spoil yet because it's a major and awesome reveal uh eventually in the movie um the the killer is uh also someone who's sort of grappling with the same thought of um, why would anyone want to live in a place with such uh, disgustingness and such filth? So it it works in sort of a multi-layered sense in that they all have um, they all have the same feeling basically about about the city and about sort of where they are and how how terrible and dark everything everything actually is. Um, they go about things very differently, I would say, and that's that's sort of part part of the fun of the movie is is seeing them all interact in in ways uh, differently. So um, that's kind of my general overview. Now, Fincher as um, as a director as a, an artist i think we'll talk about a lot more in as as we sort of get into his um you know get deeper into his catalog but you really start to see the interesting bits of his of his filmmaking come out here um but i would say 7 is is somewhat unlike uh his other movies in that it's more of a hollywood movie um in a lot of ways Though it it really does have his sort of um, some of his darkness, some of his sort of more creative elements, uh, but but in a lot of ways it is a it is more of a traditional Hollywood movie than sort of you know what he would follow up with. Um, so I know that doesn't really give you a lot to to work with in terms of his artistic styling, um, but. You know, you've only seen one movie of his, so I think we can table that discussion until you get a couple more uh, under your belt. So, 
Yeah, I'm looking at Fincher's work um, just on Google right now, and I've seen Gone Girl, although I don't remember it. I really remember loving it, and I can totally (laughs) see how this movie and Gone Girl are related. Um, Yeah. I've never seen Fight Club, and I've never seen Zodiac, although Zodiac's been on my list for a long time. Um, and that's one that, well, we will get to both of those yeah, for sure. Um, the other one that was notable for me on this list, uh, was, I don't know if he directed this, but the social network is on here and, yeah, he directed um, it. Benjamin Button, which, ugh, I'm not a big fan of Benjamin Button. I think I have seen Have it. you seen that? I think I have seen <laughs> oh, it. Okay. Yeah. Um, but Panic Room, I'm pretty sure my dad likes Panic Room a lot. Um, I love that movie yeah. so much. And we're, we're going to watch that too. Um, I was thinking about watching the game um, this week and seeing if I should add it to the list because I've never seen it. Um, but it sort of it sort of has his, you know, his signatures in it. But um, it's I know it's not one of his like most well-renowned uh, movies. So I, I'll probably I'll probably skip it and we'll probably just go straight to Fight Club uh for for next week but um I, i'll you know i'll let you know obviously um of course but he you know his his work he's been you know basically working almost for like you know in feature terms he's basically been working for our life uh our lifetimes yeah. essentially so um you know 25 to 30 years in terms of his um his you know feature output um and so, you know, he he definitely has a lot of very famous and very um well-loved movies in there. I think Fight Club is like one that um you, it, you, so for me 7 is the movie that or is, is one of those movies where it's like I love film. You know, I saw it sort of at at an early-ish stage in my film development that I was like, wow, this is like incredible. Um but for a lot of people, that's Fight Club. You know, like Fight Club is that is that movie where you see it, you know, you're maybe like 17 or 18 or whatever and it's like it, you know, it hits you in the face and you're like, wow, I love movies basically. Right, <laughs> you know. Right. Um so so, you know, he has those movies that I would say like like Chris Nolan has has also has that effect on a lot of people. Uh right. They they see uh you, you know, they see the dark knight and they're like, "Wow, this is like I I love movies basically." Um at least for our age and our generation. Totally. Um, no, actually, I think that's such a great comparison, Cameron, cuz 7 reminded me of the emotions I felt in middle school watching The Dark Knight. You know, mm. where mm. it has yeah. like this, <laughs> it has like this edge that is like horrifying, but you also can't like look away and you're also like in love with the people on screen and their performances, yeah. you know? Um, but like, there's a lot about like, there's a lot of connections to Batman, especially with the Batman that came out. Um, and this movie obviously being a massive <laughs> influence for that movie. Um, right. Yeah, I I think I wanted to kind of look at Fincher's work first because, you know, before we get into which, like, kind of our our thoughts on this and and the things we liked about it, you should know, if you haven't seen any movies like this, like, Fincher has, like, this dark edge that is, is, it's just, like, gut-twisting. Like, it haunts you. And and that's how I felt when I watched Gone Girl, but there was something un, like, 
it just you just you have to love it. I don't know what it is, you know, and they are they are quite disturbing. Um, it's interesting thinking yes. about some of like the the true crime elements in this movie and comparing it to Prisoners and how you know for me personally like I don't really like true crime stuff and it goes back to what you were mentioning earlier about disbelief in action movies. I think that true crime movies are egregious for like making these leaps and bounds to explain why people are doing things or how they accomplish them, especially serial yeah, killer movies, right? And it's it's obnoxious to me. It's to the point where I I I watch a movie or I watch a show or or some true crime garbage on Netflix called The Girl uh, watching the person next door or whatever, you know, I don't remember. I don't remember what the series was, but it's the girl in the window. Or yeah. Whatever? The girl in the window watching the girl next door or something like that. <laughs> right. And like the end of the end of the show. And I don't care if I spoiled it for you, whatever it's garbage. Don't watch it. Uh, is like, they're like, who's the killer? Why it's the daughter. The little daughter is the killer. And, the, and, and I'm like that just, it just doesn't even like, there's like no they're like haven't you seen the signs when she was selling girl scout cookies she was raising money to buy a gun and you're like what (laughs) you're like what are you talking about you know like um so yeah this 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 genre of movies and and media like i'm not drawn to it and fincher he has got a dark disturbing side right to his movies and despite all that i'm absolutely in love with seven I am just, I was just floored by this movie. Um, yeah. and, we, and we're going to get into spoilers, but I'm going to try my best to explain why I think this movie is like one of the best films I've watched in my life. Uh, by far, I you know, agree. Uh, <laughs> it's one of my favorite movies of all time. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> hands down the best movie I've seen Morgan Freeman in. I, I, wow. I, okay. I, even better than, than, uh, uh, what's the oh man? What's the one he's in the prison? Um, oh, I've never seen uh, that. I've never seen Shawshank oh, okay. Redemption. So. Shawshank. That's yeah. why we're doing this podcast, Cameron. <laughs> one day we'll get to that movie. All right. <laughs> yeah. um, but for me, this is the best Morgan Freeman role I've I've ever I've ever seen him in. I was just um, just enamored by everything in this movie, and I knew the moment Brad Pitt walked on screen. There's just something that happened at that moment. He walks up the stairs. And he's like, like he's that new detective. Yeah, I just got in. I just just got off the plane, basically, right? And just instantly, you're like, I am in love with these characters. I'll never have enough time with these characters yeah. in this story. <laughs> and it could go on forever. And I just want to keep watching it, you know? <laughs> right. right um, exactly. And I want to. And I also want to address like the dark elements in this film. This movie does gruesome dark things in it and it does it with craftsmanship it does it with like a horror element where it doesn't show you everything it doesn't it's worse because they don't show you everything it's extremely strategic with what they show you um now the the murderer is going through the seven deadly sins right so you know the first one of the first murders you see i don't think it's a big spoiler is gluttony right and he he uses this creative way to to kill his victim um but they they show you just 
they constantly show you little bits and pieces that that like makes your gut twist and it becomes even like more gruesome as you learn more and more about what happened to this guy. Um, but you never have to watch a scene of him go through this. It's not some garbage yeah. like you know like dungeon like just a horrific thing that you're watching. It's done in a way where you're you're horrified, intrigued, and disturbed, and it actually leaves a bigger mark on you uh, as the movie comes to an end. And I just, I noticed that right away um, because the the murders get more and more heinous, right? Um, and I think... S- sort of. I th- Maybe. I think <laughs> that the, the last murder that they really like break down, and I'm going to do my best to go into spoilers, like that is just, like I was like scarred by that. And they really, you know, all they really do to show you that murder is they just show you uh, an, an, an object in a Polaroid. That's yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. And you're just, you're, you're done. You know, you're like, I can't. I can't. This is way too much. I'm disturbed enough. They didn't need to show you any more than a Polaroid picture, you know? And they're like, oh, this is just, this is just terrible. You don't even see the victim. Other, other, other uh, murders, you see the person like dead. You know, right, yeah. this one, you never see any, anybody dead. Thank goodness. Um, but yeah, it's just like, and, and in a lesser movie and maybe in a more recent movie, actually, um, you would see more gruesome things, uh, in this movie. Um, you know, like if this, if this was, if this was done today with a, a lesser director, um, I think absolutely you'd see, uh, some more gruesome moments, but in a lot of ways, I love what you're saying because it's so scary um, in the same way that like that a Jaws is where you you don't see the creature and that's what makes it even even worse. Yeah. You know, and and so you don't see all the the violent, gory things there. He's so strategic in this movie about revealing information and the little bits. And that when you said like um all you see is is an object and a Polaroid, and you you know you know there's that there's something so dramatic, um, and so Fincher about that sequence. Mm-hmm. Um, he he is a master, and he's been doing it his whole career. He's a master at giving you information that changes the way you think about the scene. Yeah. Right? And so, so, and strategically placing the the information so that the next thing you, you're you're waiting basically for the next thing, um, it while you're watching the scene, you want to know the the information that these characters are talking about, and then when you find out, it completely changes your your way of thinking about that scene. You know, it's so he's so good at um at layering those those reveals in the same way that we were talking about with Nope, right? Nope is a movie that um you watch and you're trying to catch up on information, right? You're trying to get the next sort of piece, and once you get that piece, um you look back and you you realize more things about uh, about the the rest of the scene, mm. right? Fincher does the same thing in all of his movies except for Mank but in all of his movies and it, it, he is so good at it. Um, like he's, he's the best at sort of giving you these little pieces of information that make you question where you are, um, and what you're thinking about in that moment. Oh, totally. And y- you know, I, it even comes, I think 
what makes it even more of a home run, and I'm not going to spoil anything, but the conclusion of this movie <laughs> is like is exactly what you're talking about with this film. Yeah. And I yeah, want to say 100%. that this movie had me get making up theories in my head halfway through constantly. I was sure. like I think I think I figured it out. Like I think I think I know <laughs> I think I I've pieced together some wild conspiracy in my mind, you know? Um and I wasn't right about anything. And the ending was fantastic. I I thought it was such a satisfying ending and i can't tell you the last time i watched a true crime movie's ending and felt like this sense of like wow the roller coaster ride is over even prisoners (laughs) even prisoners does not end with that kind of landing prisoners prisoners ending is kind of left to be you know you're kind of like what like you're like what you know like you kind of have that well, it's, it still is a great ending i agree and i i do love it um but but you're right in that th- this movie it's all geared towards a reveal right and the reveal has to be so good that that every stupid thing that you're thinking about um like melts away in yeah, your brain yeah. you know what i mean like it it has to be it has to be so out of the park spectacular um that uh, that every you know you're like oh man is it um is it this or that you know am i like oh man maybe it's it's this guy or whatever you know it's like you're thinking about that constantly because that's that's like part of the genre right it's yeah. like thinking about oh what are the little clues of like how did how did he hint stuff and blah 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 um and the reveal has to has to win you on like not just like an emotional level, but it has to outsmart you. Um, and it absolutely does. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. It blows you out of the water and you're like, wow. Okay. <laughs> I never even would have, <laughs> I never even would have thought about and it. And for like you that. nerds that are going to go watch <laughs> this movie and be like, I, I knew actually I knew that's like <laughs> the, the conclusion of this movie. And I, we're not going to give it away. Actually, I don't think I even want to spoil it because I, I think people should suffer, like not suffer, but it's not, it's so enjoyable. Like you're going to, it's dark, but you're going to get, you're going to make it. Man, you know? I do want, I want to talk about it though. Cause I think it is okay, we'll save kind it. of important we'll save it in terms of for later in the you show. Know what I mean? Something about the reveal. Okay. <laughs> what I really enjoy about the ending is that you get it earlier than some of the characters but other characters are with you and they understand what's going on too. Yeah. So there's always like, you're, you're always kind of like, I, I think that even adds like a, like a, a, like a third or fourth layer to the ending where suddenly you're a piece on the board now and you're like following a character because they, they, they like, they have the key, right? They have the key and, and it creates like this, it creates this um, like Romeo and Juliet ending, right? Where, you know, uh, they're they're like oh like I have I have like I f- I found a way to be with with Romeo by doing this thing you know um, so like like I think that that just adds where like one of, one of the characters fi- figures out with you you know yeah and other people on the board don't know and it it just it elevates it it goes to the next level so we're gonna talk about the ending at the end of this episode. 
But if you needed my recommendation, it's been a long time since I felt this pumped up about a movie. <laughs> and I and I totally know what you're saying. Like that Dark Knight feeling. This is like ni- this is the nineties Dark Knight movie, you know? Yeah, hundred percent. And I just like sure, there's the dated intro, which I thought was awesome. I was like, I love the is, intro. I, was like, I think the intro is sick. The intro <laughs> is still like it, it's like basically what like you know those auto tune punk singers are trying to do now. You know, <laughs> like Machine Gun Kelly is trying to rip that off, but it's like, nah, dude, this is this is the real deal right here. You, um, yeah, you'll never you'll never beat the intro to to seven. <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, but um. Yeah, this this movie had me get up out of my seat and scream. <laughs> like there 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 was there are so many moments that I want to talk about in spoilers, but I'm going to we're we're going to we're going to just kind of circle back and talk about the performances. Cameron, I love Morgan Freeman in this movie. His setup as a character being a you got to love like the young blood and the hope and energy mixed with the jaded old guy like it's just such a good yeah. uh relationship between Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman and and young Brad Pitt is such a um such a force of nature in terms of like he is that guy you know what i mean oh, yeah. like he is the hot blooded but like charismatic and um like you do want to be around him but in some ways you're like man like like you just need a you just need like to figure it out, you know, like you just need a little more time and, and wisdom. And then Morgan Freeman also is that guy, <laughs> you know, he is the, the, in, you know, usually he's playing the, just the wise sage or whatever. But in this movie, I think it adds an element where he's, he's not only much wiser and much more sort of introspective than, than Brad Pitt's character is. He's also jaded, extremely jaded, you know, and he has this this element of him that he's like, I'm done dealing with this. Okay, you can pick it up. You can pick up the slack. I know you're wrong and you're not going to figure it out, but I don't want to do this anymore, (laughs) you know, which gives him another sort of like layer where I think, you know, a lot of his other characters are sort of just playing at the wise fact you know the wise element uh, to to his sort of per- persona or whatever um but in this movie i mean he really he is a he is the grumpy old man you know and mm. and and you're here for it you know you want but but he also he has the sense to him where it's like he's gotten to the place that he has because he's so driven and because he can't give it up, you know? And so when you, when you start to, when you start to see sort of the wheels turning and he's sitting in the library and he's, he's thinking it over and he's going for, for, you know, he's like, he's like, Oh man, you know, like this, you, you're, you're here for that. You know, you want to see him sort of solve it because there's something about him that, that is like driven and, um, there's like there's an energy to to that side of his performance too, um, so I th- I think they really are a perfect sort of balance in in their personalities, and then on top of that, it's fun to watch their relationship. Um, they have such good chemistry together, even from the very beginning, where you know they're talking to to. Did you recognize Arlie Ermy? Um, he's the drill sergeant in. Uh, in um 
in Full Metal Jacket. No, I did not recognize um, him. He's the he, he so he's the um police chief um who they they go into to his office mm, um, right, right, right. you know at the very beginning um and he's like if you want to say that to my face you know I'm right here blah, blah, blah. you know it's like yeah. um I love that whole scene and like I know it's just sort of plot and and very standard sort of drama a, like a drama sequence but I think like Fincher's movies are so fun because he knows how to effectively communicate with sort of the the nonverbal things. Um, and in that scene, you know, the, the way it's shot is just so interesting. You know, they have like their, their, their power is very like apparent in that scene. You know, it's, it's beautiful. Um, and I just love their chemistry together. Uh, Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman, like they, they, they hate each other. They love each other. They they love to hang out and and solve the the case. You right. know, it just feels like it's it's a classic pairing of you know it's 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 the classic buddy cop pairing, but it it works so well because they're so um, I don't know. You're just like invested in their relationship along with with having them solve the the case you know like you're you're invested in making things work for them kind of you know you're kind of on the side of of Brad Pitt's wife in a lot of ways yeah, <laughs> Where yeah. you're like you want to you you want to see them hang out and and go to the bar after work or whatever you know it's like you want them to to make it work yeah and i i think Gwyneth Paltrow's performance um as uh Brad Pitt's wife in this movie is like She's really endearing, and uh, there's a scene early on where she uh, invites Morgan Freeman's character over, and they, she like kind of forces them to hang out, yeah. um, and it's yeah. like she kind of wins him over with like being very kind, and um, I, I that that whole scene is is extremely sweet. I love that the characters are represented on the surface level, and you understand them. And even later, I would say almost this is a criticism, but they go as far as to explain their entire philosophy as characters, you know, to each yeah, other. Yeah, they do. Yeah, and they do. you almost don't need that, you know. I it it comes into play, and it, it, you would definitely reflect on it, so they they hit it home, <laughs> right? But but um, it it's so apparent when they're having that conversation that it's kind of surprising they didn't pick up on it from each other just at the moment, you know? Um, so, so I will say, again, um, this is one of the things that you'll find about uh, early Fincher movies, is the studios were very worried about certain things in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I think there's a couple moments where you can tell um, that they, the studios were like, no, you you can't just do that. You, like you can't, you can't just do that. You need to have a little bit more here, you know? Um, and so I think, I think you can see that, like, I think that's, that's probably, uh, that was probably a studio note at one point. It's um, still, I mean, it's still a I mean? good scene. It's still a good scene. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that it, I, I think the characters are done so well that scenes like that almost feel unnecessary because of how well rounded they are. Uh, in the show. And I like kind of the interpersonal drama between um, all three of the characters, Br Brad Pitt's wife and Brad Pitt and Margaret Freeman talking about their relationships outside of work, 
kind of their perspectives on the world and being stuck in a city and whatnot. A lot of good commentary on like just morality in a city and complacency and, you know, ignoring all the terrible things around you, but there's no other way to live in that. There's, there's like a ton of deep stuff in this movie. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Wow. It is retaining your attention with this like thrill ride. And, you know, I can, I, well, we should talk about the cinematography, but Cameron, we do need to get into spoilers. Like I, I can't, I yeah. can't hold it back anymore. So <laughs> the cinematography, you know, this movie opens very pleasantly, but around the midway mark for me is where it just is flawless framing. And I think it really punched me in the gut when you know, there's the dinner scene and the way that all of that is is kind of shot and the characters are interacting. But there was a moment uh, in the police department that to me echoed back to um, the apartment where they have those lights kind of going down into the distance of the of the office. And Brad Pitt is like slunched over in a chair, kind of like spinning a pen, being really obnoxious and very hyper and... And Morgan Freeman is talking about the library card thing. Like, he's like, wait a second, you know? And he, like, Mm -hmm. they're both in the chairs at first. Then Morgan Freeman gets up out of his chair, and the camera slowly, like, elevates itself and follows him as he walks forward a little bit. But it's like the whole thing in that scene is, like, you're starting kind of down low in the middle. They're both sitting, and then to have him stand up, and the whole scene feels, like like kind of cohesive. I don't know, like a, a scene like that. And it's so wide. That's the other thing Th- that scene is so wide that you're like, usually this is like rule of thumb in cinematography, or at least this is the insult. I think uh, you're not a good cinematographer until you can do excellent wides because wides are ugly. Everyone knows it. If you're holding the camera, wides get ugly real fast. Okay. And this movie does wides like a painting. They're gorgeous there's another scene where um brad pitt and morgan freeman are waiting outside of the room where they're doing the uh finger i don't know if it's the fingerprint matching or something but they end up sleeping on the couch together Mm -hmm. they're having a conversation the camera's like low to the ground and they're sitting and talking and literally like a third of the screen is filled by like this wall that kind of just goes down the, the room they're waiting outside and it's it's like it's 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 painting quality you know like it's beautiful so yeah i agree i love the there's a there's a shot of morgan free or there's actually a couple shots of morgan freeman um hanging out in the library Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. he's just sort of surrounded by all those like desk lights yes yes um and it's it yeah gorgeous there's there's so many moments that stick with me from this movie really um Obviously, obviously, you know, no spoilers, but the the whole setting for the last uh, oh, sort of yeah. final oh, my sequence gosh. Oh. is just is next level. Woo! I mean, it really is. All you gotta know, <laughs> all you gotta know, power lines. You gotta. Yeah. I love them. You know, like I've had these. I've genuinely had like, I think spiritual moments standing amongst <laughs> these beast power lines. You know, there's that section in Almaden, Cameron. You know what I'm talking about? Um where they have like the power lines going through the park. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I've skateboarded that route before when I was growing up. And it was just like, there's like a hum. There's like this ominous hum and these huge metal things with like the cables. And it's just like, it's weird. It's like, 
I, I don't know. It's 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 incredible. It's incredible. I absolutely yeah. loved the the final setting. Um, the only other thing, Cameron, I can think of that maybe people would want to hear before we get into spoilers is to talk about the relation with this movie and the Batman. Um, this is everything I wanted the Batman to be, and the Batman fell apart within the first scene. You know, I was talking about showing and not telling. The Batman chooses to not show by blurring the camera. That's about all they do in that movie. Um, now, you might like the Batman, but I feel like the villain, the Riddler, is just so, 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 like, like, just such a character that has no like moral code like you know the dark knight has the beautiful like yin and yang chaos kind of thing this movie the villain has kind of this like you know uh holy wars feeling with him and there's kind of and even i would say even prisoners uh at least they pull from some mythological um undertones and so there's something kind of philosophical about those crime movies and the Batman's philosophy is Nirvana, which I don't, I don't know, like, uh, not Nirvana. I'm talking about the band, you know, the song in the, in the movie that keeps playing. I, I haven't seen the Batman. So wait, are know. you serious? <laughs> yeah. No. I oh, <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that's kind of, well, you know, they, they, they do the contract, like this movie's cover is all contrasted with like the black and, and orange, and that's basically like the reds and dark blacks and orange is like all the Batman does. And they try to weave a crime narrative uh, where you're trying to figure out who did what and who's doing these murders and stuff. It's very similar to um, Seven. And where the Batman fails is they're like, well, what you didn't see is that he left a tack in the tire, which is is related to... Uh, this thing, which then does this thing, and now that's why we know, you know. And also, right. Batman is never wrong, and he never struggles with anything. He's basically like, I know the answer. That's why I'm here. I'm Batman. I know the answer, you know. And this movie, you really feel like the detectives are extremely outgunned, and yet Morgan Freeman never comes across as dumb. He's actually like a genius, you know, like you, you're never, you never, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you never deny how smart, uh, Morgan Freeman is as, as a detective. He has these, he has great lines in the library, all these books. And you guys just decide to play poker all night, you know, like it's so <laughs> like he, he is a force to be reckoned with. Actually, um, I would say, you know, the two detectives and the killer are like all these, pa they're powerful men. They're these huge figures uh, in the city. Um, although they're, they're unseen by, I guess, kind of the general public. They are like these, they, you can just tell they're dominant forces, uh, and their characters are all strong and all flawed. And I think that that's, it's just, it's fantastic. So do I recommend seven? Absolutely. If you have not seen the movie, do not listen to the spoilers. You will, you will be doing yourself a disservice. <laughs> uh, we have a Patreon named Tim Smith who ruins... I wanted to call out Tim, too. He okay. ruins things for people. Um, we, you know, I, I, I had a heart-to-heart -heart with Tim, actually, this weekend, Cameron. I sat him down. I said, you know, <laughs> just don't do it. Like, what do you... You just want people not to like you, Tim? Come on. You're too likable to be doing this. And he was like, Look, okay, maybe all you're I'm right. Saying all I'm saying is it's literally in the name, okay? I don't think Tim is dumb. 
If I you, think Tim wants to get on people's nerves. <laughs> he knows. He knows he's why like people the Joker. don't like spoilers. He's like that. That's his Joker <laughs> moment, you know? No. Um, I... Yeah, Tim, you know, like, you're like, spoilers aren't that bad. Well, can't, you know, you know, the word spoil, like, can't, would you want to eat spoiled food, Cameron? No. no. Tim, would you want to eat spoiled food? No. All right. <laughs> you can't enjoy spoiled food. I guess maybe you could try to just eat the sides of the crust and stuff. But at that point, you know, just go, go eat some food that isn't spoiled. So it's like food, Tim. Don't spoil it. All right. Um, yeah, see this movie. I, the only thing I could warn you about is if you're really sensitive, like it is dark, you know, um, yeah, I, I squeamish. Ca- yeah, I, I definitely, I mean, seven deadly sins. Come on. Don't take that. Just think about that for a second. You know, you're going to see some <laughs> stuff, right? Um, yeah. but I, I don't think the movie shows like, honestly, the first death is probably the most visually gruesome. No, I, th- I think there's one that is worse and scarier. I'll just say there's one that is scarier. Um, oh yeah, but <laughs> but the first but the first death is is pretty gruesome. And you and see, you probably it, see the most of the victim in the yeah, first death too. You so, do, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, you definitely see the most of the victim yeah. on that <laughs> autopsy table. <laughs> yeah, and and I guess that's what I'm saying is like I felt like this movie could have shown a lot worse imagery, but it's what it doesn't show that makes it scarier. It was when the movie was done, I went to bed and I was like, uh, I might want to shut the windows or something. I don't know. Like I was a little bit freaked out uh, by the end of it, yeah. you know? Um, so if you're, if you can't deal with the emotional stress, like just, it's cool. You know, just, it, I'm sure that Fincher is going to have another movie for you. Um, that is a little more tame, but I, I, Man, it's awesome. It's awesome. It's you know, if you're gonna come to me and be like, "Oh, I love the Batman," but you know, Seven sucks. It's like, dude, come on, <laughs> you know, come on. This is this yeah. is the good stuff right here. So it's time to get into spoilers. You've been warned, Cameron. Anything you want to say before we full send? I'm serious. If you haven't seen it, it's on Netflix. There's no excuse. There we Just go. Just shut it off. You, we we probably got. I don't know how much we're, longer we're gone, but. That there's not that much you're missing. Come back after you've watched it. It it, w- it will be worth it. Like that. There's a I I know Tim. I know there's there are some movies that you could spoil, still be enjoyable, and I'm sure this is one of them. Right? It would still be enjoyable if you had it spoiled. But how much more enjoyable would it be if you didn't have it spoiled? Um, this is what I was gonna tell Tim. Okay. Look. You, Tim Smith, and David Fincher, okay? One of you gets paid a lot of money to tell stories, and one of you doesn't, okay? So leave it to him to tell the stories. This Fincher Fincher fan clicked on the episode. He's like, who the heck is Tim Smith, you know? Like, why are they going on? You can imagine who Tim Smith is, okay? Uh, He's just just made up, actually. Think about it, his name. He's not even a real person. We just, you know... Cameron so put anyway. his credit card in to be a Patreon so it looked like somebody else would sign up. Anyways, that's what that's all I'm saying is David Fincher gets paid a lot of money to to tell a story in a great way. And Tim Smith does not. <laughs> so leave leave it to Tim Smith to <laughs> It's just to, hate, or leave it to hate, David Fincher. Hate speech against all of Twitter trolls. All right. Well, 
Um, <laughs> it's it's spoiler time. Can I tell you the moment that actually made me like scream verbally? Yeah, I want to know. Up? I really, I w- it's when I they're knocking on the door of uh, John Doe, and the guy comes down the hallway with the bag. Yeah, and <laughs> and he just stops, and I'm like, yo. And then, like, when he pulls out the gun, I'm like, oh, oh, my gosh. I I just, I couldn't handle it. And it's such a great chase. Like, what a moment. Oh, it's so good. Um, It's an an incredible chase. Um, Visually, it is awesome, right? Uh, For for one, okay, so I was thinking about this in this uh, viewing. This is probably, I don't know, I think I've seen this movie, like, six times now. I should make, I should round it out and make it, make it seven, you know? Um. But I okay. This movie I think is pretty much perfect. I have almost no criticisms for it. My one criticism is: Would this chase actually ever happen? Would this would this happen? Okay, I understand it is. It makes sense for for Mills' his character, right? He's not very smart usually, and he likes to to go off the rails. And if some guy shoots at you, you know, maybe maybe. But Mills is running around here with a gun, hanging out, aiming it at, at fourth graders. <laughs> and, and I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if this would happen. Okay. Yeah, That's my yeah. one criticism of the movie. But other than that, it is awesome. It is so good. <laughs> and I loved it when he when he runs into that room with a bunch of fourth graders and they point out the window yeah. and he jumps out. It's sick. Okay. It's the best thing ever. Um and another thing, which I love, which which makes it sort of worth it that this is a kind of a stupid chase, which probably never would really happen. Um, the he loses, right? Because if he won, then it would be like, okay, yeah, blah blah blah. But he loses the chase, and so it was in in sort of in the world. It was a pretty stupid chase. He didn't have backup. He doesn't call for anybody. You know, there's no way for for any other police to, you know, he doesn't he doesn't get on the radio and be like, you know, in pursuit, blah, blah, blah. You know, nothing like that. He just goes off on his own. And guess what? He gets clocked in the face for it. OK. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, so I do love that. I do love that. Um, also, it just it looks awesome. I will say there is a, a, a kind of push and pull. You know, there's a moment that you do think he's going to make it out on top um, with uh, the killer kind of, uh, he he has a fall, right? And he's kind of limping, right? And yeah. you're like, oh man, like this is getting close, you know? Um, it's, I, I loved the chase scene. Um, and the ending, man, like, that is an ending that goes in like the blink of an eye. That's really, that's the best way I can put it. Because if you really think about it, the movie probably has close to 30, almost, it feels like almost like 40 minutes or it doesn't feel like it, but it's, it's got a long time left when, uh, the killer's revealed, you know? Um, I think it is about 30 minutes. Yeah. I think it's exactly 30 minutes. And what a moment, you know? Oh, it's, it's one of the sickest reveals in all of, of film it really is yeah he, he, when he turns that corner he's covered in blood and he just yells out detectives yeah it is so good i i just every time i see it i i like i just there's something about it you know i oh, don't know what dude. it is and you know what it's kevin spacey too which 
I just, I don't know. Even with his, like, he's, he's just a great villain, you know? He's wonderful in this movie. So yeah. wonderful. Like, and, and I was, like, I think this time I was trying to be extra critical of, like, what is it? Um, what are the things that I don't like in this movie? I really couldn't think of that much. Um, but, but there is, um, you know, I, I sort of, when you first see him, uh, or when they're first questioning John Doe, um, you, you have this sense that he's like a little bit over the top. Like he's got this very, um, he, he's like kind of a flamboyant villain, you know? Yeah, I mean, obviously yeah. the, the blood covered... <laughs> reveal if that didn't if that didn't tell you but um he really is a little bit sort of um flamboyant in his uh, villainness um but when they're in the car and they're talking to him he there there's something about it where it's just perfect it like that performance is so perfect and when he, when he's talking about, it, he's like, he's like, I'm excited. I'm so excited for for you, Mills, to see this, uh, to see my plan conclude. I'm I'm like, I I can't wait for it. You know what I mean? Like like there's so, he's so happy to be doing what he's doing. Yeah. Um. And I I love it. It's amazing. The, bro, the dude is a villain. You know, he's a villain. And. Uh, <laughs> With it, with all you know, modern times and stuff, it's like still a freaking villain, and he's <laughs> killing. You know, he ki- he killed it in the role, uh, regrettably. But um, <laughs> I I just um, I think what I loved about the ending conversation between the three of them is that that was, for lack of a better term, the lightsaber fight, the fist fight. Mm-hmm. But it was all like. A battle Mental. of the minds, yeah, right? Hundred percent. And then when they actually get to the reveal, it's what the audience has been waiting for. To me, the reveal is like it's almost like like the like somebody gets their hands cut off and the battle's already over. You know what I mean? Like you're when they actually pull up, you're like, nothing good is going to happen here. The, right, ba- yeah, the battle's over almost, but you're also well, like, well, I need to know, you know, like I need to know. So, well, you're on, you're kind of on the edge and, and there's everything's pointing towards, no, they're going to be fine. I mean, there's no, there's no reason, like how could, how could John Doe do something with them? You know, they're out in the middle of nowhere. They got the helicopter going, you know, they're like, he's not going to he's not going to like punch him out and like pull out a gun or something. You know what I mean? Like you never, you're never worried that, that he's going to win in that way. Um, so when the reveal comes that it's, it's this total twist of your, what you expect. Um, it, 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 it is mind blowing in that, um, when that moment, when Morgan Freeman says, he has the upper hand now. Right. Um, you're like, wow. <laughs> like, yeah, he does. Like, he's won. You know, there's no there's no coming back from this, basically. Um, and and there's... you. So you go from sort of totally, 
you, you know, you have the suspicion that something's going to go wrong, but in all reason, you know, it shouldn't. Everything should work out. You know, you understand why they're they're doing this. You know, it makes sense. They have that conversation with the lawyer where it's like, you know, only upsides basically uh, to going and, and seeing if there's a body out here. Um, and <laughs> yeah, it, no, it 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 really it is it's a perfect reveal. Um, and again, with the with the sort of gruesomeness. Um, the box, uh, you d- you don't see anything in the box. All you see is one little spot of blood. Yeah. Um, on the box, and I don't know. There's something about that that is so perfect too. Totally. Um, totally. That the reveal is just Morgan Freeman opening and looking in horror. Yeah. Um, you know, I I I don't know. It's 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 wonderful (laughs) yeah no it's it's and then when he knows and you know that's when it's like the next stage begins when he's like he has the upper hand you really don't know what's going to happen but there's also an inevitability right because of their conversation uh and mills is like i act fully on emotion you know it's done you know, yeah, and and uh, Morgan Freeman knows it's done, and so it's just he doesn't even really tr- like he tries, but it's it's really not a savable moment, you know. Um, right. I also, you know, looking at the the cover of it, right, seven. Like there's the there's the line through the five, like the five are dead. And then there's two. I'm just like, dang, dude. Like the movie is <laughs> is just wow, you know. Um, I really think the conclusion swings positively at the end, though. Um, and it's with a few lines from Morgan Freeman, sort of. Yeah, and I, I mean, maybe this is a studio moment. It is, yeah. Um, <laughs> where he's like, I'll, I'll, I guess I'll be around, you know. Um. Well, so the <laughs> he was just going to end it with uh, with Mills um, killing John Doe, which would still I mean, be pretty awesome. You know? It would be sick. It would be amazing. What but, a great like when he's unloading. It's aw- it's it, it just so awesome. <laughs> like because you well, also, also you're also like, dang, dude, like kill that guy. You know, you hate him. Yeah, too, in some ways, know? he's right. You know, yeah. like like Mills is 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 right to do what he does, and I think. I think that's another part of me where I'm like, okay, is a jury really going to convict this guy? No, no, no. I don't. I don't probably think they, not. No, no, they're not going to. <laughs> um. So you know, in in that way, like that sort of messes with with John Doe's plan, right? Because that 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 was the you know, he Mills is supposed to be the final murder, basically. Um, and you know that's that you know his sin is is wrath. Um, and so he, he gets killed for his wrath essentially is what, what he's saying. But I'm like, I don't know. I, if I was on that jury, I would, I would vote no. <laughs> oh, who would, who, who um, would vote? <laughs> who would vote? Yes. You know? Yeah. Um, so, you know, so in, in that case, I'm like, I, there's, there's a bit of a saving grace, uh, for Mills, but, um, but in, in, in another way, you know, you really think about it and, um, Fincher lets John Doe win um, in the end, 
which is which is a very shocking way to to finish a movie like this, right? Um, even though he he dies, um, Fincher lets John Doe win in terms of his his final plan, um, and you know, way before Avengers: Infinity War does, <laughs> you know this, and then you know re- redoes it in the next movie. Like this is a movie where the villain actually does win. You know, yeah, um, and so th- those lines where you know, which obviously is a studio insert, those lines of of you know Mor- Morgan Freeman's character saying, uh, "What is he? What, what's that final quote?" Well, anyways, um, that that sort of final uh, conclusion is like almost sort of half. Um, half lightning things in in a way you know like sure he's trying like the it's the studio being like okay dude like you can't <laughs> you can't actually um leave it like that right you have to have we have to have a little bit more of a um something positive and uplifting um where really there there isn't um but it there is something about it that um that i do like uh I actually do like the the quote that he has at the end um where I think it's like um the world is a is a fine place and worth fighting for and I agree with the second part um you know which is like such a one such a baller way to end the <laughs> the um you know if the if the studio note is like no, we can't. We can't just leave it with something with with that. We have to. We have to go out with something. Then disagreeing with like half of an uplifting quote is kind of is kind of a great way to to backdoor, you know, your your negative ending. Um, but in some ways, it's a it's a great conclusion to to Morgan Freeman's character as well. You know, where in in another it you know in in the other version of this movie that just sort of cuts off um at the end of of you know Mills killing John Doe um he he doesn't get a conclusion in that in that you know version of the movie right right um whereas this it really does feel like he he has not just the last word but he has sort of a um something final to say about about his his story um that is totally in keeping with with the rest of you know the the rest of of his own you know journey and his own story so well i think there's I, something i do like the quote yeah I, I i appreciated the quote because it does feel like his character comes around in some kind of like there's a there uh, you're right there's a conclusion for morgan freeman's character and I know that studio revisions are like seen as, oh, that's, you know, you're not supposed to do that, you know, or that's not good. But sometimes they are a backboard that I think is, is neglected by, you know, cinephiles being like, let the director just go all out and whatnot. Um, in, this is a very casual opinion. But sometimes I think weird, crazy directors like or very artistic out there directors that their studio movies to me are like this peak blend of entertainment and and creativity that it's like it wouldn't exist if it wasn't for some of those 
studio people limiting them uh, for the enjoyment of the audience. You know, um, I'm not saying that that's the case all the time, but I thought the conclusion of this movie was done right. Um, and if it had ended with the gunshots and stuff, like I'm, I would have, I would have got it. But I found um, myself comparing Morgan Freeman uh, and the killers like mindset and like what made one prevail over the other, you know, because they agree, you know, they agree that the world is evil and the world is like fully corrupt. And, and, and so I, I don't know, like I, I, I think what I enjoyed, even though like I pointed out some of these scenes, right? Like I said, Hey, I like the ending. And maybe I have a criticism for the part where they're talking about their philosophies and whatnot. Um, but I'm surprised how well Fincher adapts them still into his own uh, moment, you know? Um, I have seen, like, even as something as simple as, like, you know, a Marvel movie. Have you, Like, I've seen, you watch deleted scenes in some of these movies, and you're like, yeah, like, that really wouldn't have worked even though it was a cooler, creative idea, you know? Mm-hmm. Um I think this movie top to bottom is just incredible. Let's talk about some of the murders, uh, Cameron, because they are, they are insane. They are creative. You know, I think the lust but, yeah. one, the lust one is just, Oh my gosh. It's like intense. Just, and, and you're so right that, that it is not a, it is not a graphic scene. It's not even a really a standout scene in, in a lot of ways. Um, all you get is, you know, the, the guy being interrogated, um, and that, that picture of the Polaroid and, and it really, I'm always surprised cause, cause you know, if you go a little while watching, you know, without watching the movie, you know, you're, you, you, you've seen it, you know, I saw it back probably when I was in high school, you know? And so, so this, the, the lust sequence is always sort of a, um, I don't know. It feels like bigger or like like more um, crazy in your mind because because of how intense it really is as a scene. Right. Um, but but then you know you go back and you sort of watch it and and you're like, well, this this isn't that much in terms of like what he's actually showing you. Um, but the fact that that it, but it leaves such an impression. Right. Know? Right. There's no um, nu- there's no nudity in the scene. There's no. Um, that you don't even see the, you don't see the body. Thank goodness. Um, you just see the, uh, a survivor who was tortured through it. Right. And then the, the killing weapon, which, you know, <laughs> I, I don't even want to say it, but you can guess, right. You can guess what the killing weapon is. So, yeah. um, yeah, it's just, I think again, it's what makes great horror, right? Um, I, I, I wanted to also shout, cause I think, you know, the last scene, I think you're right. Like that is a gruesome murder and it sticks with you and you're going to be scared of it when you go to bed at night. That's how I felt. Um, but I the next morning when I woke up, I was thinking about like, wow, like the pound of flesh, like on the scale, like that, that is a really intense, creative, like, you know, it's, it's, it's terrible, you know? And it, and it and it also like plays into obviously the seven deadly sins or even the pain kills or call for help you know like that 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 one is definitely a little quicker right that that whole scene it kind of breezes by you forget about it 
but the setup of it is so it, it's super dark and whatnot. Um, it's just, yeah, it, I, I don't know. I, I felt like the, um, the lawyer, uh, the lawyer was super intense. Um, there was the last one, the, the, <laughs> the gluttony one, which was just like, Oh, ah, you know, um, pretty well, early it, on. It is funny because, because when you, when, when I think about the movie, um, right. All of the, all of the, sort of deaths are are very creative and interestingly uh dispersed throughout the movie you know but um the ones that i think about the most are um gluttony and sloth um oh and- that was the one i was i couldn't think of so the, the sloth one. Oh my gosh that's also another crazy moment absolutely horrifying yeah Yeah, we didn't even talk about that that was like (laughs) so that's that's the scary i think that's the scariest moment in the movie um but in a lot of ways you know that's it's it's a very interesting death um and obviously you know kind of a shocking one it's it's like kind of at the midpoint of the movie too so it gives you this like um you know it's it's like a jolt of of lightning back into the to the case or whatever. Um, but I feel like, um, yeah, I feel like those, those are the two that stand out the most to me. And I always kind of not really forget, but I, but there's something about the other ones that, um, I, maybe they're not as visceral, I guess. And they're not sort of as in your face, but when you watch the, you know, when you're going through the movie, you're like, wow, you know, that's, that's super well thought out. Um, and you know, though, uh, the pride one um is super interesting where you know she she you know um he he cuts her face and you know makes her decide basically if uh she wants to live with a a mangled face um or you know or kill herself basically so um it's a very interesting you know dichotomy obviously it, it feels like um like that's, I feel like that's almost one of the closest ones that's like just like saw in that yeah, s- yeah. scale, you know. Um, but I I do feel like they all have that that element of like, um, I don't know. There's like a a little bit of of sort of fascinating, um, grotesqueness uh, to to all of the killings. Oh, definitely, um, definitely. I think. Because I'm not so drawn to um, like the genre, um, yeah, I'm I'm kind of just thinking about like, I th- is this the best like murder mystery serial killer movie I've watched? Gone Girl, I really appreciated on the first watch, and there's a twist, but there's something about Gone Girl. It obviously has source material; it's based on a book, um, and it for some reason to me it feels that way i think books are like weird i'm not gonna lie like books they just get so dark for no reason it feels like seven feels dark and gritty from the beginning and it just continues in that uh it 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 kind of lives in it um comparing it to the batman the batman is just dark and brooding and there's no there's like no hope with it and there's no it just feels almost emotionless to me. Um, and I know a lot of people feel differently about it. Um, but there's three that really stick with me uh, from this podcast. And I want to kind of battle 
the three against this one. <laughs> all right. So to me, seven, I think is now the best murder mystery movie I've ever seen. Okay. I think it might be for me too, but yeah. Surprisingly, I think of memories of murder often. Amazing movie. Yeah. Uh, and to me, th- that movie is very different. Obviously it's a foreign film, but it's able to transcend the the barriers and still be such a movie that that it just cuts man it's so yeah. good it's so good and i i watched it not even knowing it was based on any true event or any of the history before the review i was like i don't even really get the ending but i feel it you know i'm feeling it and now to know the context of it i'm like wow you know also incredible buddy cop feel in that movie too a yeah. lot of a lot of fun and this well, movie, and it, it, a different way of sort of exploring that genre where you you never do find out the mystery, right? Um, right. You know, and there, I guess spoilers for that movie, but whatever. Um, yeah. You know, you never really do find out the mystery. Um, it's always sort of looming, and that that sense of um, of you know unfinished business is kind of a core theme of of the movie. Um, and so, you know, this one obviously the reveal is is extremely central to to the movie. Um if if you didn't really find out who it was, um it wouldn't really make a, a whole lot of sense, <laughs> you know, but but that one has has a lot of things geared towards sort of the corruption and um not being able to to sort of do the actual legwork and you know there's there's elements to it that um that are playing with the themes of murder mysteries uh that i find you know pretty pretty interesting and compelling um i guess technically prisoners is not a murder mystery but i think it still fits in this in the genre of like yeah kind of the whodunit detective sort of thing going on definitely um very excited to watch Zodiac. Glenn talks about Zodiac and he's like, bro, I love, he's like, I love it. He's like, it's so good. And it is an excellent movie, but yeah. I will say, um, it's very different. It's very different from this movie. And I, it's surprising because, you know, this is such a, such an iconic, um, murder mystery. It really hits all of the buttons of like classic, like this is what you want from a murder mystery movie, right? You know, right, yeah. um, and Zodiac is so different from that um, that it's surprising that it's made by the same person. You know, it really is. Um, so, well, don't I'm give excited too much to away. It. Do not I, give too I much away. I won't. That surprise. That's that surprises me already. So, um, especially because this is executed like to the T of like what you would want, and somehow still is entertaining. I feel like Seven is one of those movies that just set people into a spiral. This is like one of those <laughs> yeah. things that's like, I must watch more true crime. I must I must see like every detective show on earth and now suddenly yeah. uh, CSI and all these other, you know, like people got deep into the, the detective stuff. And I think this is probably a force that pushed that. Um, well, I can, you can see why, right? You know, there's oh, there yeah. is something magnetic about this movie where you're like, I I I loved what you said early on is like you you know you can never spend enough time sort of 
with these characters in this world. It will never be, you know, it, you always feel like, like, oh no, like it's, it's ending, <laughs> you know, like, mm-hmm, like that mm-hmm. I'm, it's, it's, there's, there's something final about it where you're like, oh, man, I want to watch more of it. I think something like True Detective um, is a really good sort of analog in, in a lot of ways where um, it gives you s- very similar feelings, I think, to this movie um, for different reasons. But it has a it has a sense of like, wow, like I love like living with these characters and I, I really enjoy the mystery aspect of it. Um, I don't think it's quite as satisfying as this movie is, um, but it, it, it's just, it sure a, it, it hits something. It's been a long time since I've seen a movie like that. It really yeah. has. I can't remember the last time where I was like, I, I, it's, I, I want to live with these characters. I'm not tired of them. I'm not, you know, like I remember when the credits rolled for Lord of the Rings, like you're crying because it's just <laughs> like, I just love these guys, you know? Yeah. And to me, that's how I felt as a kid watching the original Star Wars trilogy. It's how I think, you know, I had moments. Uh, I, I didn't finish Game of Thrones, but you have a moment where you're just like, it's just not enough time with these characters um, and you want to spend more time with them. Um, that just doesn't happen in movies often, especially yeah. like in old movies. It takes so much time to kind of like feel it out with them even Marvel movies where you're like, I love, you know, you gotta love like Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man. You don't love him till he's like 20 minutes in. The second Brad Pitt walks on screen, <laughs> the absolute second I saw him, I wanted to still see him. You know, I still wanted yeah. to like be a part of that adventure, you know? And that's just, I don't know. Like, I just, I'm, I'm floored. I'm genuinely floored. I was like, I just, I don't know when the next time I'll have a movie like that is, you know? Um, yeah, it's it's kind of, too, it's too bad that this is, like, the the start of his movies in some ways. Yeah. Because, yeah. not to say that, that his other movies are bad or don't evoke that, that feeling. I think a lot of them do. Uh, but in some ways, this is my favorite of his movies, you know, so it's hard to it's hard to go in being like, all right, this is as good as it's going to get. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's, yeah, which I'm not. That's not what I'm trying to say, obviously. But um, there is something to that where I'm like, man, this movie is about as perfect as it can be. Um, and, you know, I love Fincher and I love, you know, his a lot of his work. Um, but sometimes you're like. You're like, man, I just want to watch seven, you know, like I, <laughs> I, mean, yeah, yeah. I just love this movie so much. Um, and I don't know. I, I totally agree with you that I, I could, this is a movie that I watch over and over again, um, for exactly the reason that you said is that you, you want to spend more time in the world. And every time you would think that a movie like this, where, you know, the mystery, you know, you, you got a sense of, of where all the characters are going. Um, you'd think it would get stale after a while. Um, you know, a lot of those sort of heavy twist movies, um, you know, you watch it once, maybe they're good on the second viewing, um, as well, but, uh, you know, cause you're, you're sort of picking up info on, on the second catch and blah, blah, blah. Um, but, but this is a movie that I, that I consistently watch over and over again, um, that I love. 
um, that I pick up more and more details from every time I watch it. Um, you know, you pull little things out of it that you never really notice in your first viewing because you're wrapped up in, in like the mystery of it. Um, and you're sort of, you're so captivated by that. And then the next time you watch it, you're like, wow, there's a lot of detail put into, you know, these two characters. There's a lot of detail put into their personalities and what they're, what they're doing in a, in a particular scene. And every time you see them together, they both have this sort of dividing force of like what they're doing. And, you know, Oh, Brad Pitt is, is sitting and, you know, leaning back and, and all these, and, and Morgan Freeman is like, you know, leaning in and, and, you know, wanting to, to keep going, you know, and like things like that. Um, where it's like, every time I watch this movie, I pick up more and more about them as characters and more details just surrounding, um, the, the, the story. It's like such a dense movie for how really, you know, relatively compact it is at two hours. I mean, that's not a super long movie and it feels like it flies by, but there's so much layered in between it. You know what I mean? Like it just, it, it really, um, it's shocking how good this movie is. <laughs> Yeah, I've been really in a stage right now where I've just been kind of like in awe and amazed by cinema again. I don't know what it is, but rewatching Dune, I'm like, this movie's such a spectacle. It's incredible. It looks amazing. The cast is insane. And everybody is, although I think people will miss this on a second viewing, it's like the cast is doing so much work with so little because they don't have enough time. You know, again, mm -hmm. it's that feeling. You don't have enough time with these characters, right? Um, and, uh, yeah. And then I watched world's end, which just made me re fall in love with Edgar Wright again. Just absolutely. I just was in love with, uh, I had never seen it. So I was just like, wow, like this is what, what a great movie. I can't believe I, I've never seen this. This is awesome. Yeah. Um, and so I, th I just think to see this, I'm just like, wow, like, just some great it's just like this is like the peak movies you know and at the and when the credits rolled and it says like you know kevin spacey as you know john doe like like the reveal is still hitting you you know yeah um, i'm just i'm just sitting there and i'm like this is like a 10 out of 10 movie it doesn't happen often you know i'm even yeah. i'm even replaying um uncharted 2 right now and I was like, okay, like, I know this movie is like really, or, or this game is supposed to be really good, you know? And I just got to the train sequence of the game. And I was like, this is like, this is like a 10 out of 10 game. Like, this is not just something that people should forget about, you know? Mm -hmm. um, I'm sure it'll be archaic in 10 years, but I, I still am like, wow, I'm just amazed by this. And I'm on a high right now, Cameron. <laughs> it's not good, you know? You're like, No, that is good. I, I I just, it makes me feel like, let's queue up Shawshank, man. Let's just see it all through. Let's just watch all the good ones, you know? Well, I'll say, um, I'll say, you've got, we have a great list. We really do. Because, I'm, can you next, tell me, can you tell me what the list is? Because I want to know. So I think, I think my plan is to do, um, is to do, um, hold on. I got to I'm just gonna pull it up so that I don't miss it. Up. I think I'm gonna do Fight Club next week. Okay. 
Then Panic Room. Cool. Zodiac. Cool. Social Network. Whoa. Um, and we, well, you know, that does leave us room to do the game if we want. Um, I was thinking uh, the girl with the dragon tattoo. Yeah, I've That's never funny. seen that. Um, no, so I was I, actually, I don't know why I was like, I think I'm just going to watch it. Like, without the show. I don't know why. I, I didn't hear it was very good. I heard it was bad, but... Um, I don't know. I I think I think it's like more more mixed than his other movies, but I think I think a lot of people really do like it. Um, I haven't seen it, so uh, you know it's it's one for me. But um, yeah, we could do Girl with a Dragon Tattoo. So this looks so edgy. It's like he didn't leave the nineties. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> yeah. No. Exactly. He was like but, seven was good. Let's just keep doing it. <laughs> but but I think yeah I think Fight Club. Um, there's going to be a lot to talk about because that movie is, um, for one, so many people love it. It's like it is a an absolute classic, um, and I think deservedly so. It's it's a really interesting movie, um, and one that um, it's it's weird because I don't have the same sort of visceral love that I that I do with Seven. Um, where like every time I think about seven, I'm like, oh man, greatest movie ever. Um, but every time I watch fight club, I'm like, man, this is really good. You know what I mean? Like there's something about it, um, that, that just, I don't know. It, it, there's, there's, it's a magical movie, I would say. So, um, yeah, I mean, I've never seen it. People don't believe it when I'm like, yeah, I haven't seen it. Um, well, it's, it's about time. Yeah. So. Uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to watch it. I think I know. I think I do know the twist, which is too bad. Um, eh, but don't worry. Come about on, it. it's not. It's on. not that big of a deal. Yeah, it's been. I think it. You know, had my chance. So the internet basically blew up. You know, and this movie wasn't not going to be spoiled. So yeah. Well, uh, you know what's funny is is I think Seven is another one of those often spoiled movies. Um. I think I think you know what's in the box like as a oh, classic yeah. sort oh, of yeah. meme. You know, as like, soon as he said it, I was like, "Oh, wait a second! Like, I think I know that one." Right, you know? but but it's something it's something that you don't really, unless you're watching it and you're you're like in it, you don't really understand the gravity of it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, you really don't. Um, also, I like that we didn't we didn't even actually really spoil the. Uh, the biggest of the spoilers. So suck it. That's how it's done. That's how it <laughs> that is how it is done. Um Yeah, but we had to talk about the gun unloading at the end. That is just Oh yeah. That is like this is what I signed up for. The power lines, the gun. Woo. So good. So Wonderful. good at the ending. Wonderful. So yeah, watch this movie, even if you've already seen it. That's the point of the spoiler section here. Hundred percent. Re 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 rewatch it. It's on Netflix. It's good, um, but it's yeah, man. What a great one to start off with Fincher. I'm super excited to watch the Social Network because I don't. I I have to be forced to watch this movie. <laughs> I really don't care. I get I that. don't. I don't want to watch the Social Network, but I know that people are like, well, it's like you'll see, you know. Uh, Mark Zucky is a bad, you know, I'm like, well, 
yeah, no duh, dude. You know, no, I, just, I, 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 I actually really understand that. And until I watched the social network, I didn't really get it. I was like, Ugh, who cares? Like Facebook, whatever. Um, but it is, um, it is an impeccable movie. It really is. Um, again, Fincher and drama. We'll, we'll get into it later. But Juliana um, loves the Social Network. Really? She's okay. like, she's like Isaac. You got to see this movie. You know? And I'm okay. Like, nah, I don't want to. <laughs> Usually, when Juliana re- recommends a movie, I'm like, ah, no, nah, nah, I don't watch that. <laughs> it's kind of funny, isn't it? Because I mean, I never think of Fincher as a very <laughs> like. I don't know that he's the most accessible of all filmmakers, you know, but in some ways he kind of does have have some pretty accessible movies. Like I think I do think the social network is one of those um, that people not only do a lot of people really love, but I think most people can can watch and be entertained by. Um, So well, Mark Zuckerberg finally watched it and he changed the name of his company. So. Was a, he was like, oh, no. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I, I, I was going to just, a note about Juliana. She always, when she's like, Isaac, you're going to love this movie. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm always like, no, and she's usually right. Okay, she made me well, watch Gone Girl. So maybe she's a Fincher fan. Sleeper maybe she Fincher is. fan, you know? Yeah. I, Wait, did she watch know. Seven? No, no. I, I knew pretty early on. I, I, I was watching it alone, and she was coming over. And she yeah. had a, to do a couple chores, and I was like, you know, it's fine. I think you could skip this one, you know. <laughs> um, but by the end, I was like, I, I don't know, because she had a true crime phase, and she's kind of done with it. Mm-hmm. She's like, it's just so like depressing, and I agree. I don't know if it's really my favorite, um, kind of genre. Like she, she watched Mother with me, mm-hmm. and she wasn't a big fan of that, and it does have like the mystery thing. Um, she was like, that was just messed up, but she does, she does like Korean stuff, Korean cinema, like Parasite. She was like, so good. (laughs) You know, like she was like, that was awesome. She, we loved watching Squid Game together. Um, so I don't know, maybe Memories of Murder would be a little different. Although, um, I don't think I need Juliana watching a movie about a serial killer going after young girls. I think that would be very traumatic for her. Yeah, no, it's, it's a little tough. Well, that's why, I mean, I think. So I mean Kiana loves Seven. She like this is this was one of the early movies that I showed her of like it's like it it really is one of those entryway movies. I don't know what it is, but yeah. it's like it's a movie that um I don't know, and I think it changes lives actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I do I do think she would like it if she watched it through. Yeah. Um there would just be moments of that she would then talk to. She'd be like, "I didn't like that," you know. No, totally. Um, yeah, totally. So I don't know. I no, I, it's a, it's a scary uh, it's a scary movie. I think. Um, yeah, it's it's it's, just, not it's scary, but it's electric. You know, like I love that yeah. it's scary, but the the heroes are strong. The heroes yeah. are 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 a force to be reckoned with, and so is the villain. Like it it feels very like it's. <laughs> It's scary, but it's also like, I don't know, like it's like a clash against like good and evil, you know, it's, it's like still, I, I, I don't know. It's not just like dark for the sake of being dark and it's very edgy movie. It should, it should not be a, like, really we're saying this 
like it should not be a movie that you're like I, can't, I there's not enough time to spend in this like dark, dark depressing, depressing world, world. <laughs> um but it's you feel that way you're like i just man like i relate with these guys you know i'm i'm, I'm i want to see them succeed it's there's just so much to it that wins you over and um yeah i just i don't know like it, it does make me want to try one day to watch this movie with juliana um so we'll see. We'll see if we get there. I think she would like it, but yeah. Nevertheless, thank you guys for listening to the show. Thank you for listening to our review of Seven. We appreciate you guys um, making it through this longer episode. But come on, we had we had to rave about this one. Um, totally. I'm I'm glad that you recommended it, Cameron. I I knew pretty early on that I was psyched about it. Um, <laughs> and you totally you're you're 100 right about those library lamps, bro. There's something magical about that. It's a little it's gr- green. Awesome. Well, yeah. <laughs> Why are those lamps in every... Oh, okay. After this movie, you will notice those lamps in every single movie. Okay. Oh. Mark my words. You will notice it. And and I <laughs> in like a month, you're going to come back and be like, dude, I saw the seven lamps. <laughs> you know what? I, I, t- I, I feel you. like... I feel like... Uh, like Fincher's got a lot to point out to you. Um like his little comments about the FBI or, or whatever. And this he's like, Oh, yeah, people, yeah. they're tracking the library cards, <laughs> you know, in 95, that would have been like, Oh, this is kind of like the superstitious, like, you know, yeah, but it's totally is, true. <laughs> like everybody now is like, yep. You know, we're just being tracked by the government constantly. Yeah. That's no, that's not even like, it's not even like science fiction, you know? And it's like super um, hush hush in this movie where they're like, Oh man. And I bet, you know what? I bet in 95, there was a lot of people who were like, eh, Maybe that's not, you know, that's a little unrealistic. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, no, totally. Totally. I mean, it's it's pre pre 9/11. So, yeah, you know, it was, it's I mean, it was true back then. It's definitely it's, <laughs> it's way more true now. <laughs> and the government's watching your library card and they're like, "You haven't went to the library in 20 years." No. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's reading anything. Perfect. No, I'm just, it's uh I I think yeah, I I have I anticipate his other movies to have these little uh, wake up moments. You know, uh, <laughs> he fe- he feels a little a little rage against the machine here and there. Oh, you don't uh, you're gonna you're gonna love. <laughs> Fight come Club on, he, then. he, he made that's, a, <laughs> that's like the whole movie. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I I and then the social network too. He was like, I was ahead of the curve. I hated Facebook first. You know, <laughs> all right, Fincher, shut up. You know, no, just it's it's uh. He he's got that eccentric personality. I mean, he has what Morgan Freeman pulling a Chaucer book off the shelf. You know, I. Oh, I, you know what? <laughs> I I was gonna mention this in the cinematography um, section that we we there's too much to talk about in the you know in the movie, but yeah. Um, uh, there's that sequence where he's reading through all the books, you know, and mm, and he, mm. it's like showing pictures, like those grotesque, uh, like s- sketches of like horrifying, right, um, right. hellish things going on. And then there's a shot where it's above, um, uh, <laughs> it's it's above Brad Pitt, and he's sort of like arching his back, like stretching, and he looks like one of the yes, characters is yes, yes. like, Oh, it's like mind blowing because then you're like, Oh no, he's going to be one of them. You know, like, ah, oh, it's perfect. It's yeah. So yeah. You really, I really did, you know, go through is Morgan Freeman, the killer 
it's Brad Pitt the killer. You know, like yeah. you really start making up these theories. I think it's it's is awesome. the wife the killer? <laughs> yes, totally. No, I, I actually was like, there's a moment where he came home. He's like, I'm home, honey, and she like smiles in bed. I'm like, I knew it. <laughs> it's just yeah. Um, no, it's it's awesome. I no no no. I, just so you know, I, I brought up Chaucer because um, he he pulls a book from. Uh, I'm gonna say this wrong. I think it's Jeffrey Chaucer. The only reason I know who that is is because my uncle is a professor and he dedicated his life to doing research on Chaucer. Hmm. And he is called been called the father of English literature uh, or English poetry. Um, and he was born in 1340. And if a director is putting Chaucer books in his movie, <laughs> you better know that this guy's <laughs> pretty eccentric, you know, like that. Well, did that... you ever read the Canterbury Tales? No, no. It's no. kind of a crazy book story. It's, it's hard to, obviously, you know, it's hard to read in a lot of ways, but, um, yeah, it's like. It's it's a very debaucherous book, um, like surprisingly for for the time. So, what is it, the Canterbury Tales? Yeah, I don't think that I don't know what Chaucer's relation to that is. He wrote it. Um, oh, I'm looking at his poems. I don't see them. Well, oh, it's, books. it's a. Oh, there it's you a, go. <laughs> I think it's a sh- yeah a book. Yeah, yeah. Wow, dude. Yikes! Thirteen four. Now that that's got to be rough. <laughs> You know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. Well, let's wrap it up. Uh, thank you guys for listening again. We will see you guys next Tuesday when we post for some more Fincher. Be ready if you want to watch Fight Club with us and see what we think of it. Even though I really, I actually have no idea what to expect. So I'm excited. I'm excited for the episode. Cameron, any final remarks? Uh well, I I think I will watch the game, and I might make you watch that instead, and and hold off, but um, probably not. I'll probably we'll we'll probably do Fight Club. Okay, sounds good. Thank you I for think your time, Cameron. Actually, on my my end, my plan oh. is to watch all of his movies in this time period, um, which it does include Alien Three, um, and just a couple of the random ones that I haven't seen. So. I, I'm going to see what, what else is on Netflix and I might watch some random stuff too to talk about. Yeah. Um, okay. All right, Cameron. Well, thank you so much for your time. Thank you guys for listening again and we'll see you next week. Cinema Spectator is an ECFS Productions podcast that is fully funded on Patreon.com. Shout out to our producers, Darren O'Neill, for supporting the show and to the rest of you that support us at patreon.com slash ECFS Productions. If you want to learn more about the benefits you can get, check out our Patreon. The show cannot happen without you great listeners, so we thank you for all your kindness and support.